Hi, and welcome to the Makers, Dreamers, Doers podcast with me, Morgan Barrett. Today's conversation is um, maybe a little bit outside of the scope of what I envisioned for the podcast, but being that it's Women's History Month, I think it's an important one. I am speaking with my friend Claire, who is a transgender woman. The aim with this conversation is simply to share a person's story and humanize what it looks like to be a transgender person. I personally didn't know any transgender people until I moved to Lawrence five years ago. Um, And since then, I've met several transgender people. But I think um, when it comes to transgender issues, there's, there's a lot of fear and discomfort around what it means to be transgender. And um, the aim of this episode is, is again, just to humanize transgender folks and remind us that they are simply people too who are just trying to exist in the world i hope you enjoy this conversation and hopefully if you're not sure how you feel about transgender issues or perhaps you uh, have never met a transgender person claire's story will shed a little light on what it's like to live as a transgender person um, in this world so thanks for listening Um, I have my friend Claire here. Say hi, Claire. Hello. We're in Henry's upstairs, so there's a, a little bit of background background noise. So last summer, I was taking a painting class at the Lawrence Art Center, and it was my one night out a week away from momming. <laughs> and um, so I I would go to my art class, and then I started going to the bourgeois. Is that how you say it? Yes, the bourgeois pig. Bourgeois pig. And one of the first nights I was there, I was there by myself. So we kind of like make, made eye contact and then just struck up a conversation. And I think it was that first night or maybe the second night, we ended up staying at the bourgeois pig, aka the pig, to like 1 or 2 a.m., we did. It was so much fun. <laughs> so I want to give Claire a moment to introduce herself. So Claire, whatever you want to say um, about yourself would be great. Okay. So hi, I'm Claire. I'm a professor of geology and I've been here in Lawrence for, I guess, 14 going on 15 years now. So yeah. Yeah. Claire, can you can you kind of just explain to us what it is that you do? What's your job? Yes. So I'm a professor. So the typical breakdown is 40% research, uh, 40% teaching, and 20% service. And so in terms of my research, I have three NASA grants. Uh, two of them are for instrument development for planetary science missions one of them is the development of the first what's called a Raman optical active spectrometer, which can detect the presence of what's called chirality. So, so this is the first uh, time that anyone has chose to take on the task of developing this instrument. I also have NASA funding for a laser system to also go to Mars and possibly Enceladus. And So the Raman optical activity instrument would be targeted to go to Enceladus. 
And so that's the funding I have at KU. Uh, so that's, I guess that's what I do. I guess I'm an astrobiologist. Yes. You can probably tell by the way that Claire talks that she's not from Kansas. No, I'm not. Where are you from? Claire? I'm from Sydney, Australia. And I've been in Kansas for, I guess, 14, going on 15 fun-filled years. Yeah. yeah, you know, I sort of grew up in a blue-collar area. And, uh, you know, I had a very uh, misogynistic father. And so as a kid growing up, it was kind of difficult uh, in terms of how my father treated me because of, it was very clear, <laughs> you know, <laughs> who I am. So it was, a, it was a funny upbringing because, you know, I had my mother that, you know, had my back, but really because of the abuse, the physical abuse, um, you know, it was difficult for her. He didn't want me to grow up and, you know, go to college. He wanted me to get a real man's job. And he forced me to leave school in year 10. In Australia, you can leave school in year 10 if you want to do a trade. And so I didn't want to do that. Um, I, I was kind of conflicted as, as a child because I wanted to do ballet and my dad didn't want me because only the slur word would do that. And so I had a passion for science. And so even though I had a passion for ballet and for hairdressing at the time, it was like, well, I'm good at math and science and... At the time, I had a passion for chemistry, and so I wanted to go to college. And my dad said, no, you know, those son of mine's going to grow up to be that slur word. And so he forced me to leave school in year 10. He took me to a bunch of job interviews to become a fitter and turner or fitter machinist is what it's called here in the U.S., I deliberately threw <laughs> those job interviews. It was so funny. So Claire works in the geology department. Her experience um, as a transgender woman working as a tenured professor in the geology department has been less than enjoyable, shall we say? No, it's been horrible. It's been horrible. So I'd love to hear about your experience there. Yeah, so I guess if you look at the literature, STEM is the worst for the queer community in terms of working in STEM. And the, the department that ranks the worst nationwide is geology. And so, you know, my experience as a trans woman in um, KU Department of Geology is that I have a number of my faculty that take great glee, joy, and pleasure in dead naming me. They think it's funny. Um, for people who may not know what that means, can you explain what dead naming means? So dead naming is the name that you were assigned with at birth. And so it's incredibly upsetting and heartbreaking when people dead name you because I don't identify as that. You know, identify as a woman, identify as Claire, 
you know, despite the experiences that you've had in life, because we've had very different experiences as women in this country. Um, I walk into a room and nobody bats an eye, right? Like I'm not, I'm not an expected. Um, but you've had a different experience and the way that you show up in this world, I think is incredibly brave. And, um, because you're showing up as yourself unapologetically, despite the hate that you get in passive forms and in overt forms, which unfortunately what she experiences at work is it's, it's overt forms of hate and aggression. And despite all of that, she still continues to show up as the person that she wants to be, which is a kind and compassionate and open person. Um, I, I mean, honestly, I think if I were in your shoes, um, I would be very closed off to the world. Hi, it's me. So I um, cut out some of the audio here for uh, in the interest of being concise. So I just wanted to give a little bit of context. Claire is about to tell a story about um, some homophobia that she experienced and uh, geology students experienced um, out at a field station in the Rocky Mountains and her um, experience with approaching the department head uh, about the issue and being dismissed or actually <laughs> being berated for even bringing it up in the first place. The, the students are driven out into the middle of the Rockies where there's not a lot around and they have to go out and look at the rocks in outcrop and come up with a geological story of the area. And so anyways, you know, that all sounds fine and good. And so KU own a field station out in the Rockies and they have a number of cabins on this field station. And so there is a ton of homophobic graffiti in every cabin on that field station every cabin and it's been allowed to be exposed for years the professors that instruct this field trip have been doing it for the last 30 years for the last few years i've had a number of undergraduate students come to me as the only queer faculty in that department and you know some of them were deeply upset uh, they would say you know they were deeply offended by it understandably so and wanted to know if there was anything I could do about it so after a few years of students sort of telling me about this offensive homophobic graffiti on every cabin at, at this field locality, I actually approached the department chair about it. And, like, this has been up on those walls for years. Why has no one taken any action to paint over the top of this? Why has no one taken any action to educate our students that this is not acceptable behavior? He yelled at me. He absolutely yelled at me and said, this is not my fault. This has nothing to do with me. And I said in response was, 
I didn't accuse you of writing the actual graffiti. You've been chair for three years now. Why is this a low priority on your list of things to do? And then again, he yelled at me and refused to talk to me about the whole issue. And you know what? My feeling was KU, the Department of Geology, do not support me, do not have my back. It was clear that he did not, could not, did not want to empathize with me. Our department has deep in ground homophobia and transphobia. And their inability to empathize with me and then deflect it and make it all my fault. Yeah, so it's we've had conversations about this and it's just interesting. Like I think the perception is that it's a liberal university and that it's not only quote tolerant of the LGBTQIA plus community, but that it embraces it amid, especially like your less than positive, in fact, horrible experiences um, in your work life. How has that been countered by your social life in Lawrence? You know, it's a really fantastic community here in Lawrence because honestly, it keeps me sane. You know, I, I go and work where I work I get dead named on an all too regular basis. And so it, it is quite refreshing to have this network, this community um, that I can turn to for comfort, um, to complain, <laughs> you know, to, to get support. And, you know, I just don't get that support at work. What makes me upset is that when I get dead named in front of grad students, the fact that when undergraduate students are out in the field, they have faculty members and TAs, teaching assistants, transphobically slur me when they themselves are in the closet. The sad thing about it is when these particular folks ask me for advice and the only advice I can give them, you need to toughen up. And that's the advice I was given. And I'm not talking about doing X, Y, Z fight classes. I'm talking about developing elephant skin. Mm -hmm. That's the advice that I give because they all come to me thinking that I have this magical power I can wave my little wand and I can magically fix it. Even though they see me being treated like absolute garbage for who I am, the only advice I can give them, if you choose to come out of the closet, you choose to be yourself, and I understand what being yourself is like, like you're living life as you, what you have to do is toughen up. And it, and it kind of it soul destroys me because I know I've had a lot of undergrads and I've had a lot of grad students and even at conferences where I've been, where our department has been, 
And these people have seen so many people in my department dead name me, misgender me, and they still look up at me as a role model. How am I, how am I being a role model? You're a role model because you're doing it anyway. And let me just provide the perspective of somebody who's never had to go to the lengths that you've had to go to, to simply be myself. Um, I've always been a very in, like insecure person. Um, I think a lot of that has been anxiety and anxiety about how people perceive me, um, which I think to a degree, like everybody, you know, worries about what people think of them. Everybody. I think the reason that I have so much like respect for you, Claire, and just like awe is just because who you are is not easy, right? Mm -hmm. It's not easy to be you in this world and not because there's anything wrong with you, but because there's a lot wrong with our culture and with our society and with our understanding of what is acceptable and what is not and so knowing like the struggles that i've had as a cisgender or straight white female you know able-bodied <laughs> i mean i've got all the privilege of anybody except for you know perhaps straight white men um mm -hmm. and it's difficult to show up as me sometimes a lot of times and it's been difficult throughout my whole life and so i cannot imagine having an identity that is not accepted you know mm -hmm. that's that's um attacked by legislation attacked by people in the media attacked by my co-workers attacked by random fucking people in the street you know, like I walk down the street and I don't worry that someone's going to look at me and think you don't deserve to show up in the world as you are. So I think that is why these kids look up to you, because despite everything, despite the hate that you get, despite the dead naming, despite the misgendering, despite everything, you are still showing up in the world as you and that's brave and again i want to emphasize it's not because there's anything wrong with you it's because there's something very wrong with the world and our status quo is bullshit and um so that's why they look up to you and it is hard and i understand why you give them the advice of like you want to be you great get tougher skin because it's fucking hard yeah right no it is because, you know, there's a lot of things that track with what you just said. Yes, we live in Lawrence, our nice little blue island that we've established. But that said, there are only certain places or certain bars that I will go to in Lawrence. Lawrence. And if I go to those bars that I have done that in the past... I have been attacked. I've been made felt unsafe. Can I ask you, have you ever gone to, so you're a geologist, have you ever gone to like Western Kansas, for example, for like field oh. study or anything? So I did a science outreach event in Colby, Kansas. And so I made it to Colby, Kansas. 
So then the general public came in and uh, I had this little table with science activities and it was for looking for life on Europa, you know, an icy world. And so the, gen- the doors open, general public sort of flood in. And so, so this little girl like looks over to, towards my table and, and, you know, she sees me and big smile on her face. And I'm thinking, okay, well, this is why I'm here. You know, yeah. I, I love science, you know, this is cool. And so she comes running over at her parents, you know, follow her. And, and the girl says to her mom, like, this girl, like, she's so cool. Like, she has pink hair, and she does science. Like, wow, this is the first table I, I want to go see. And the mother goes, yeah, okay. So, you know, they come closer, and then the mother comes up to me and says, hello. And, you know, I say hello back, and because my voice obviously does not sound as nine female at birth, I say hello she grabbed her child like this, pulled her child away and said, we do not speak to people like that and pulled her child away. How that feel? It tracks in with Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump and all those people that say that we're groomers. It felt like yeah, you know what? I expect that. Doesn't make you feel good, but, you know, that's what you expect. I can't help but think about that little girl and what she must have thought. You know, like, she's she's excited about you, thinks she thinks you're cool, and then her mom reacts like that. I mean, that's fear. It's fear, and it's hatred, ignorance. it's hatred, it's fear, it's ignorance. You know, without getting too political, this is where we're at in America. You know, Donald Trump normalized, I am allowed, <laughs> Donald Trump normalized what people thought that they couldn't say, mm-hmm. right? And saying it out loud. And then they could say it out loud. And so this whole drag queen fiasco like Tennessee. Yeah. Fuck Tennessee. Fuck their, what is it, the governor? The governor. Like, fuck, fuck the governor. governor. Sorry, not fuck Tennessee as such, <laughs> but fuck the governor. Like, like this whole, this whole bullshit. And, yeah. and, you know, it's like, I mean, I They're guess I, I have the wrong people. Skin. They're after the wrong fucking people. Yeah. I mean, I've seen about a million memes and like tweets and Instagram posts in the past several days about this, but it's like there's no evidence at all that drag queens are the ones grooming children. It's <laughs> men in the clergy, Catholic priests. It's the wrong group. I mean, I I am just like so mind boggled and speechless. Like clearly it is the wrong group, but you know, this is the whole thing is that we're we're the groomers, but statistically speaking, who are the major child abusers? It, it, not it's trans the women, not drag queens. No. 
No, and it's just so ridiculous. And 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 the the whole thing that kind of I knew I went out to a locality where it was not safe for me. But I I went out there for the children of this country to engage in STEM. And you know, it just boggles my mind. Like, you know, I I knew that this is how I would be treated, but still, I still went out there to try and engage children in STEM. And I don't know, it, it just... Um, Claire, what is your favorite thing about yourself? Honestly, the favorite thing about myself is I love my pink hair. I, I just think it's fun. You know, to me, it's, it's more than just a hair color. You know, I like going, getting the roots touched up, spending the time. It's just totally relaxing. And, you know, I just love the pink hair. Your pink hair is fabulous. What is your favorite thing about your personality? <laughs> oh, about my personality now. Um, I like to think that I'm an empathetic person. And so I, I like to think that I can sit down and dissect, you know, everyone's opinions and sort of, you know, listen to everyone, see where they're at and come up with some understanding. But then, you know, in terms of obviously with the anti, you know, queerphobic um, behavior, sort of come up with a way of educating people in terms of mitigating um, all the queerphobic stuff that's going on in this country right now. What is something that you appreciate in other people? Again, openness, empathy, compassion, sort of thinking about our differences and not making a, a polarized condition or position. Who is your celebrity crush at the moment? Can I have three or four? <laughs> sure. I know I'm horrible at. So it's always. <laughs> I know. I know. It's always got to be Chris Hemsworth. Mm -hmm, I that. Oh my god! When you hear that Australian accent, like he's very hot. He has blue eyes. Oh, he's hot. The blue eyes. Oh, the arms. But then again, Co Cody Fern. I, okay. I who's an Australian him. actor? Okay. Very hot. <laughs> okay, who else? And Chris Ellis from uh, Lucifer, okay. British accent. He's probably, he's probably my favorite right now at the moment because okay. he's not, because I'm not normally into muscular dudes. Obviously, Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> but it's yeah, but no, Chris Hems, uh, uh sorry, Chris, Chris, Chris Hemsworth. Well, on the mind. Well, we're, we're something to fan me right now. It's like, yes, exactly. Is there a fourth? There was, but after talking about Chris's, I forgot. So clearly, the fourth one didn't matter so much. Um, what's your favorite drink? <clears throat> That's actually a good question. If I'm at Henry's upstairs, it's the pina colada. Okay. If I'm at the pig, it's the old fashioned. Okay. Um, okay. If you could be any an animal, what would you be and why? And typically, I think this is a lame question, but I think it'll be int really interesting to hear your answer. 
That's actually an interesting question. I mean, I love cats, although I'm so severely allergic that the last time I owned a cat, I couldn't breathe. My skin was a mess. But no, I think I'd be a cat because they're so cute. Claire, that's a little disappointing, to be honest. Oh, really? What type of animal? <laughs> I thought you would choose like some, I don't know, exotic animal. I, I mean, know, it's okay. That's like your answer. That's koala. Your... Oh, Rip that's the cute. shreds out of people. Oh, God. Oh, not... I know why. Getting back to the Chris Hemsworth thing, a quokka. There's that Quokka. famous. Oh, so. Like C O A C A? It's. Quokka? Oh, I've lost my Australianness. It is spelled with a Q. Oh. Q U. I would have. I'd have to Google it. Sorry, but what any, kind anyways, of animal is this? Like, well, it, it, it's a little teeny tiny wallaby, which is Aww. a type of kangaroo, and they're only found on Rottnest Island, which is an island off Perth. And there's this famous meme uh, photo of Chris Hemsworth <laughs> showing his gorgeous. All they need is the voiceover with his accent, then you would all melt. Okay, okay. But nonetheless, I'll see if I can get it. exactly. And this gorgeous photo, and he's bending over, jeez, oh, petting this little quokka. Okay. So if I could imagine myself as an animal, I would like to be the quokka that Being Chris Hemsworth. But, Chris what can people do to support the LGBTQIA plus community? In your opinion. Honestly, can I say this? Don't be dicks. <laughs> don't. I work with a bunch of dicks. Like, don't be dicks. Like, I don't care if you don't understand it. You know what? You're entitled to your own opinions. You know, if you are a straight person and you're attracted to the opposite sex, you know, that's all fine, well and good. I don't care. But don't automatically be full of fear and hate about something you don't understand. So when someone someone says to you, can you please call me by XYZ name, please refer to me in XYZ pronouns, just just do it. Like speaking of pronouns, but can you explain the importance of pronouns? So pronouns and it's kind of funny because I flip-flopped o- over over the years ab- about this. And so like a lot of people that are clearly they're assigned female at birth, they present their expression, they're female. And so they're white, straight females. And so they make this big deal of saying their pronouns at, at the, the first day of class. And they go, I, you know, my name is blah, blah, blah. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And then they go around the whole class and ask people's pronouns. They have no idea what it's like to still be in that fucking closet and here i am i'm a true fresh person it's my true first day in college week one and, fresh and, and, person you mean freshman fresh person oh i didn't catch that okay yeah, i love it okay. fresh person and so here you are your first day beta fresh person this person that is clearly a fucking straight female 
is up on her. So it's looking... easy for her to say she her. Of course her. it is. Yeah. Okay. She's not gonna cut any bullshit that I can't. No. And 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 then she'll like ask the whole class, you know, what are your pronouns? And it'll come to a student who is, oh fuck, oh fuck, like me where I grew up, like how my father treated me. That's how they got treated. They've been free of that shit for three days, right? They moved in on the Friday afternoon. It's now fucking Monday. And they're the asked first... to define their Yeah, friends. and they freeze. They they lock up. So in some sense, the pronouns being. In that regard, in that regard only, I don't want to be misquoted, that annoys me. When non-binary people use they, them, theirs pronouns, I fully support that. So I don't want my words twisted, which I know they won't be, but I, you know, I feel like this is a thing in this community. And so... I'm kind of back and forth on, on the pronouns. So I, do you think it's still something that we're kind of figuring out how to do? It, it is, because there are circumstances where I have read and I have seen where, well, for example, what I call the diversity warriors at KU, right? You know, these people that are presumably into DEI, they are assigned female at birth, they present, they look like they're females, they identify as cis females, and... They don't understand putting the pronouns in the email signature or introducing them, them themselves with their pronouns. They think this is the latest trendy thing to do. And they don't fully get it. So this is why I'm saying I'm very ambivalent about pronouns. Yeah. So when it comes to you mm -hmm. and your pronouns are she, her, hers. Yeah. How do you want people to make sure that they are using the right pronouns for you that's actually a good question because all i all i can do is ask and at work as we know that doesn't get appreciated so i don't know the answer to that question you know all i can do is wherever i am and i introduce my name introduce my pronouns you know I hope, you know. So, I mean, okay, so like the status quo, right, is that you hear or see a person's name and you make an assumption, right? You see a name that you assume to be female or you see a name that you assume to be male. Like, that's just how things operate right now. Like, we see a name and then we make an assumption on their pronouns and then we go forward using those pronouns. So... And and again, maybe there's not an answer right now. No, there is, because that doesn't need to happen. If I see a name that could be either gender or honestly what I do, I mean, it, that's what I was about to get to. I What I do personally, this is myself and not a lot of people do this. I always use they, them, theirs first until I can actually talk to that person, whether it's over email or the phone. What gets me so often is that people do that. People say they, them, theirs when they're referring to someone who they don't know. Yeah. You know, like, oh, you know, say they come across the name Sam. 
and they're like, oh, this person, they submitted their resume. Yeah. And it's like, we do that without thinking, but then when we're asked to think about it, then it becomes a some kind of issue. It and it's does. like, we do that anyway. So why can't we afford that same generosity when we're talking about someone who we know prefers they then theirs? To me, honestly, it's not that hard. One thing that I think is really, like a topic that I think is really important is I think um, at least a lot of people like don't know somebody or they don't know that they know somebody who's a member of the LGBTQIA plus community. So it, these issues are not human to them, right? Because they don't know somebody personally who's affected by these things, or again, caveat, they don't know that they know somebody who's affected by these things. So what do you say to people who are like, these issues don't affect me because I don't have any gay friends. I don't know anybody who's transgender. So I don't need to worry about these issues. My answer is very simple. You're a human. I mean, what else can I say? I mean, I... You, it, again, my mind boggles like, you're a human. You know, it's that old saying, you know, treat others how you want to be treated yourself. You're living the human condition. Claire, I just want to say a sincere thank you for doing this with me. Um, I think it was stepping out on a limb for you. You shared some things mm -hmm. that are very personal for you. Um, you shared a lot of knowledge, and I think this conversation um, hopefully will reach people who maybe don't know how they feel about trans issues or have certain feelings about trans issues that need to be worked on yeah and um so i i really think it's impactful to hear from somebody who's experiencing the things that you go through from a you know a first person perspective yeah no you're most welcome and um you know i'm happy to talk about trans issues or the greater general queer uh, community issues and you know, like I said, we're all humans, and it would be nice if we could come together as humans. Thanks for listening to the Makers, Dreamers, Doers podcast with me, Morgan Barrett. Please remember to follow, review, and share this podcast with anyone who you think would enjoy it. Your support helps more people find the podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at Morgan Barrett underscore underscore and check out my website for more information at morganbarrett.co.